Hello, this is Daniel Mounter, and you've just joined the podcast Englishman in Montreal. In season two of this podcast, we've been discussing the exclusive brethren system, the extremist religious group into which I was born in 1978. Um, Throughout the episodes, we've been looking at different aspects of the EB system, what makes it a system and not a cult or a sect, nor a church. Um, we've taken looks at many different aspects of life, past and present for those people, and also looked at some of the take-homes that I have as a person who survived and escaped from this system. Uh, one large subject, which is quite controversial among current followers of the EB system, and among those who have left the system at some point, is how technology is an awkward roommate with the EB system. Well, I say roommate rather than bedfellow because the EB have never really truly uh, comfortably adopted technology as it's evolved um, but they've only adopted it where its absence would impact safety or commercial success but as I've discussed in previous episodes there has been um, a use of the thin end of the wedge legitimate uses being uh, gradually expanded until private usage is uh, tolerated or at least accepted by certain EB followers. From earlier years, the, um, the EB system has had a general attitude of uh, being Luddite against most technological developments. Um, in the earliest days, they did listened to the radio and were permitted gramophone records, record players, and could play recorded music. But gradually a complete and outright ban on anything that used radio, anything that was broadcast, came into play. When asked to give an explanation of this, my father made reference to something which I was... Um, I occasionally heard during the following years and they referred to the prince of the power of the air. Now this uh, ban on everything radio was extended far beyond uh, simple entertainment, uh, far beyond listening to music or the news over the radio, but it, it uh, extended as far as people in the EB system refusing to have radio controlled toy cars, garage door openers walkie-talkies and everything radio because of this uh, principle that the prince of the power of the air was going to eventually dominate the whole habitable world. Therefore in EB households of my time there would no, there'd be no TV, no radio, no computers and at the workplace there'd be no credit card terminals, barcode readers or any so-called advanced technology. There were exceptions and some of the EB followers trod a very risky path from the point of view that their things were controversial. 
and uh, certain households allowed their children to play with radio-controlled cars or they would install um, home telephones but that use cordless technology simply because the main consensus was that it was entertainment that shouldn't be transmitted over over the airwaves um, therefore TV, radio, any uncontrolled broadcast over which the householder had no control was certainly on the banned list but they also made reference to how technology could become so engrossing that it would remove God from people's lives and people would become too obsessed with the um, the idea of technology replacing replacing knowledge and replacing writing even so the uh, the EB as a rule followed the principle of having no computers either in home or in the office and this caused a lot of problems for businesses once um, email and fax machines became common use until the leader of the EB gave them a go-ahead to to adopt this technology now the biggest changes came in around 2001-2002 when the, the current leader of the EB was sworn in if you like or when he was um, he rose to power uh, following the death of his father he administered a lot of changes um, some of which were backtracked on by the time he came in several EB were already making use of computers which they kept very quiet in their business premises there wasn't so much um, to do with the internet but the EB had gradually been adopting such things as credit card terminals and other technologies like this which were very much prohibited in the 90s but under the current leader a system was set up whereby offices could be given specially restricted computers ones that have been disabled from internet usage or that contained only word processing and accounting programs um, back in those days most things could be installed by CDs so they set up an office assist company with the outward purpose of facilitating EB businesses EB run businesses to become computerized but on a scale and on a system that would permit them to function without any unlimited access to the internet this was because there was a lot of business being done by email and also the emerging um, digital imaging was becoming a useful tool for a lot of EB run businesses um, my personal story with technology and the EB has been a very troubled one mostly because I adopted a lot of technologies as I saw fit rather than following the EB guidelines I became very good at disguising or hiding a lot of the tech that I went in for and as early as 1998 I obtained a mobile phone which was really uh, the main trigger for this was being um, 
stranded without being able to find a telephone box anywhere. And at the time, the EBs didn't have car phones or any type of mobile technology like that. So I had to, um, when I started my commuting job in 2002, I had continued to have the mobile phone during that time and I'd found it was a good means to get in touch with my brothers who'd been excommunicated from the EB almost 20 years earlier. So my technology was my link with the outside world and also was suggested by my doctor to use the internet to just to open my horizons and to paint a bigger picture of the outside world. Um, where particularly I am annoyed by the EB's constant vaccinations where they flip-flop about certain technologies is mostly around digital imaging though. Because um, with the introduction of the National Office Assist and these uh, machines which they basically enabled at first only for Word and Excel, but eventually to have internet pages and email. The other branches of the National Office Assist are also rented out or provided mobile phones with restricted SIM cards and in, unable to text. They also rented out at exorbitant prices digital cameras. Now, in early 2000, I had bought myself one of the earliest um, good quality digital compact cameras because I was extremely keen on imaging. And the quality was one of the first cameras that could produce quality similar to a, a film camera. To get that early technology, which was very expensive at the time, I had to sell almost all of my film camera equipment, including my optics, to buy a comparatively simple digital compact camera and a printer that could print out the images at home. I hadn't had that very long, but I made no secret of the fact it was digital whenever I was out with other EB followers. I made no secret of the fact it was digital or that it could record video and I was extremely keen on recording short video clips but without a computer I had no other place to play them except on the camera's screen. But in any case I managed to get rid of almost all of my film equipment to adopt this digital technology because in my opinion film was going to become a thing of the past within a few, a few years of that time. Little did I know how it was going to change and develop. While I was actually using the digital camera at a special set of meetings of the EB, not at the meeting hall, but in the house, I was recording somebody playing the piano. Somebody there raised with me that um, the leader had ministered against having private digital cameras and I didn't take this too seriously, but when I got home, it was confirmed to me. And my father told me that I would have to get rid of the digital camera. So I said, well, what's the, what's the rationale behind that? And he said that it opens the door for uh, corruption. It's a very big gray area. So I asked him to 
elaborate what he meant by corruption. So he basically said um, young people, I don't know why young specifically, could take obscene photos and then send the photos to one another via the memory card of the camera. And I said, well, why, as opposed to getting them printed on a, a film camera? Because I'd often developed and printed my own films at home. And he said, well, the, the main thing is that um, the printers and processing companies would often censor photos. They would pick up on any pornographic pictures. Um, I had this vision of um, pornographic images rolling off the press in boots and somebody standing by to to grab the film and then call a policeman to come and uh, pick up the person when they came for their pictures. But the uh, the logic was sound. I was very, very reluctant to get rid of the digital camera. And what I did at first was simply turn the screen around and use the viewfinder so that if ever EBs saw me using it, they would be virtually none the wiser, whether it was a film or digital camera. And I would do prints at home from that regardless, because I'd already been printing my own negatives and positive images at home anyway. To cut a long story short, though, um, I came under increasing pressure when people knew that I had this digital camera. So eventually I took it back to the shop and traded it for a much inferior film SLR camera and lens, which was one of the few still available brand new off the shelf. And I was very disappointed because I loved the immediacy of digital imaging. I loved making short video clips. Despite the limitations of that early digital tech, I was very much in love with the, um, the Canon PowerShot system. And despite having gone through about 20 different film cameras, many of which were superior to this camera, I firmly believed that digital would be the only way forward. So fast forwarding to the time when I was excommunicated from the EB, not long before that, but when I'd uh, decisively uh, made up my mind that I wanted to leave them, I started obtaining digital things again. I bought myself a digital SLR and a camcorder which I wanted to take with me to record my honeymoon and my trips around Europe. That then meant that I had a film SLR which I had virtually no use for. So before leaving England I recall phoning up my father and asking if my nephews would like the film camera because the um, it was no use to me and I didn't know where I could get film processed anymore and he said no it's okay they both have their own digital compact cameras now I said do you mean the national office assist ones and he said no it's uh, it's been given the green light by the leader to to have your own digital cameras now as long as the use of them is considered responsible and that U-turn really stung me, not just because it was financial and I'd lost um, many years of savings in transferring from film to digital and then switching back, 
but it was more the fact that um, I was put in a lot of difficulty by those who weren't happy with me having a digital camera. And this uh, this really emphasized for me how how much the EB was a system following one man, a very cult-like organization in nature. And it's been the same with other forms of technology. The, um, the locked cell phones, the computers with limited software, and even the uh, very limited internet connectivity that would allow email to be sent, but also monitored by an exterior company. All of these forms of control basically drove it home to me that it was not up to the individual conscience or the householder's conscience, but it was more following a, a system and a set of rules. So in recent years, I've been annoyed multiple times by seeing um, the adoption of new technologies for which former EB followers were even thrown out of the system for having. They now have access to um, web browsers and my sister and a number of other EB followers have laptops at home with internet connection. So while it enables me to send an email to her to give a letter to my parents and thus it cuts out the mail, it's very um, it's very galling to to look at that and then to consider how my early adoption of these technologies got me into trouble. On another aside, I also, um, before I was formally excommunicated by the EB, I'd purchased a laptop, which I kept secret. And um, I used it a lot for word processing. The EB would often bring word processing jobs to me under the belief that I had a word processing machine that wasn't quite in the same category as a computer. Anyway, when I tried to clean up my act as I was engaged for a short time to an EB follower woman, when I tried to clean up my act, I confessed to having this laptop publicly in the church meeting. And thereafter, when the EBs started adopting the limited computer systems, they kept coming to me with uh, IT support questions, which I had no idea about because... <laughs> These machines were so limited and so restricted from what I was used to with an unlimited internet connection. So I got called on like uh, some kind of a tech guru. And I said, this is very two-faced because weeks ago, uh, these same people were threatening to expel me for having adopted this technology. Uh, why is it that it's now acceptable for people? And my father tried to explain it to me that it was uh, going on ahead of the man of God, or the current leader, in other words. Um, that's why the EB had very little or no tolerance for early adopters. In terms of what I think now about um, how the EBs have adopted technology... There is almost no clear demarcation anymore. 
um, it's not unheard of for uh, ex-EBs to see current EB families in public, um, all of them using mobile phones, including smartphones. And from what I have heard, there is no shortage of um, current EB followers who are taking communion, but also are regularly on the internet, on social media, who have unlimited internet connection and use apps like uh, Skype and WhatsApp to communicate with ex-members and other people in the outside world. And since the beginning, um, when the Office Assist company was founded, the young ones have always found a way to sneak in the end of the wedge, which drives apart the um, the rules and the actual practices. Um, one example I'd like to cite was we had a um, computer with limited applications such as word processing and drawing on the farm where I worked. And we uh, we used it to receive and send photos of farm machinery for sale. Now, there was no videos on the computer per se, only the standard operating system sample video. But in an Excel sheet one day, you received um, a GIF of uh, Mr. Bean dancing. And the very fact that those could be just attached within a otherwise legitimate document uh, illustrated for me that this was the beginning of the end. There was no way to really to do a U-turn over this. And it gave me, actually gave me some hope that the EB may eventually adopt um, technology even beyond where they have now in a wholesale way and they might embrace um, a looser but much more connected future because it's become much easier for the uh, the individual and the households who otherwise would be stuck on the inside of this system to communicate with the outside world and to really to really reach out and broaden their horizons which is what the internet essentially helped me to do um, a further thing which has really helped out here is the COVID-19 pandemic most of the EB families would have been under lockdown and not able to attend any of the the EB gatherings, the meetings during the week. And I understand they've had to resort to using Zoom and other video conferencing to be able to attend meetings from the home. Now, to my mind, this could very well signal the um, the beginning of the end of the extremist system as we know it, as I knew it. And I think this um, this really kicked off with the technology. And it's now understandable why the leaders of the time in the late 80s and 90s, why they insisted that technology should not be adopted, that it was all part of um, a system. But the paradox is that the EB, the Exclusive Brethren, is one of the most systematized organizations. Um, even in 
countries where there's a government, like in Iran, for example, a very restrictive regime, it's almost impossible to control 100% of the population 100% of the time when they have access to this technology. And this is what encourages me is that although the internet and tech in general could be um, potentially a danger to naive and inexperienced people, especially surfing unrestricted internet could very easily lead people into a dangerous life or lifestyle. I think by and large, it's going to expand people's horizons and also teach important critical thinking skills and change the perspective of these formerly very narrow-minded people. So this really concludes my resume, if you like, of the EB system. It's in my past, but it's an important part of my past nonetheless, and I'm very thankful for those listeners who've stuck with it through the whole season and who've given me valuable feedback, which has helped me to reflect on the uh, the positive take-homes and I wanted to end the season about the EB system on that positive note that I believe the system is dissolving and that current world events and developments mean that many more people will find the ability to think for themselves and to stop following this system if they so choose. There's others that may find it the only lifestyle they know including my parents have been so entrenched in it for so many years that there is no real viable and safe alternative for them. But I'm hoping that the way things have developed is going to signal a more open dialogue with people who consider themselves on the inside of this system, including relatives that they've been cut off from for 40 or 50 years in some cases and even in my own case uh, for 10 years or more. So the episode coming up tomorrow is actually going to be the opening of a new season. I'm going to touch on many different individual experiences that apply to me, mostly not related to the exclusive brethren system, which may be a relief for some of the listeners. For those who are still with me at this point, I thank you very much, and please keep passing the word. The more listeners and the more feedback I get, the more I can tailor this enjoyable pastime and make it something that may actually give somebody a ray of hope in these times, which are not particularly easy. So thank you once more. This has been Daniel Mounter with the podcast Englishman in Montreal.